Hey guys, and welcome to Muscles of Medicine Podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Aaron. And today we are here with Tyler Bedson. This is Aaron's coach. We've talked about him a lot over the last few episodes. We're going to be talking to him a little bit today. If you want to say hi, introduce yourself real quick, Ty. Hi, my name is Tyler Bedson. I'm the owner of Built by Bedson. I have been a coach for almost 10 years now. No kidding. Yeah. Um, we're going to dive into like kind of how Tyler got started. We're going to share some stories and kind of pick his brain a little bit and hope you guys enjoy the show. Remember, if you like what you're hearing so far, remember to like, share, subscribe. Also, uh, happy July 4th to everyone listening to this. I think this is going to release on the 3rd. So enjoy your Independence Day and stay safe. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's dive into it. So Tyler, really quick. So Aaron and I have both been working with clients online and in person for the last few years now, but really quickly, just kind of give us a little bit of an intro of how you got started and like some of the challenges you faced when you first started coaching. All right. So I went to school for exercise science at the University of Kentucky, and I was originally going there and my main goal was to go to PT school afterwards for physical therapy. Well, um, I did my first competition while I was in school at UK. Uh, it was probably the hardest thing I ever did, um, trying to manage full-time school, a job, and do a bodybuilding competition at the same time. But I was one of the ones at the Johnson Center, which is kind of like our athletic center at UK. And I was one of the first ones that really was like doing bodybuilding at that time in my school. Like I think I was the first one I knew of before other people started doing it. So I got asked a lot about what I did and how I was doing things. Right. Well, that started, you know, people would ask me questions and I had so many people ask me questions. I started charging and I was like, all right, well, I'll charge you. I think I was charging like a hundred bucks or something like that for people to write them a plan and a training and all sorts of stuff. And it kept growing. And I kept on having people ask me questions after I'd write them the initial plan. So I started being like, all right, we'll do it monthly. So I kept growing and kept growing all the way through school. And I remember by the time I graduated with my bachelor's in exercise science, I already had 30 clients and it kind of had to go down to the line of, do I want to go to PT school and keep going to school or do I want to go all in with this and see what happens? So I took the risk (laughs) And I will say now it is, it's definitely paid off. I did not go back to school at all. After that, I continued. I started my business. I came up with a name, which was built by Benson, and I kept pushing it. And now it's grown into something pretty impressive. Uh, I have anywhere between 120 to 130 clients at a time. I have two assistant coaches, which are my wife, Laura Bedson and Austin Brown, who both take about 50 clients at a time. And it just keeps continues to grow. It's, it's very interesting to me how it started from me not even intending to coach people to now it's my entire life. Like kind of just fell into place. It fell into place. And I, I see a lot of people nowadays wanting to get into coaching, Mm -hmm. which it's an awesome field to get into, but it's very hard in my opinion. It's extremely competitive now. Yeah. And back whenever I first started, it was something like not many people were doing, to be honest with you. Like it was kind of newer. Like I remember there was maybe one or two guys I knew locally, which one mm-hmm. was Matt Jansen. Yeah. Uh, I remember he used to live in Lexington, Kentucky, he actually trained out at Lexington Athletic Club. That was one of the first coaches I knew around here. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty young whenever I first started. 
and then there was Alan Crash. And Alan lives in Florida now and yeah. trained Shaq. So yeah, exactly. It's kind so, of taken off know, for both of them it, as it's well. It's kind of crazy. Those were the two, only two other little coaches I knew in Lexington at the time. That was it. And then I started doing it. And I remember there were some other people that like, you know, do it on the side and everything, but there's nobody major. And I had a coach for my first bodybuilding competition ever. And I was only doing general nutrition clients, right? Uh And I was scared to do competition clients. I was just like, ah, you know, I'm not ready for that. I don't, I'm not, you know, educated enough. I'm not qualified to do this. And I remember going to that coach at that time and I was like sending him people. And I kept sending him people. And eventually one day he, I, I was in there for like a posing lesson with him and we were training together before. And I was like, hey man, there's this girl that's, you know, been talking to me and I, I've been talking to you up. And he looked at me, he's like, why don't you coach her? And I was like, I don't know if I can do that. He's like, you know, you talk to me all the time. You know so much, like, why not try it? Right. He's like, that's how you start. And I was like, oh, Bible. okay. Yeah. Well, like I got permission from somebody better than me to do right. this. That's how I felt. I was like, I can finally do it. So I, I did. And I remember my first people I had for competitions actually did pretty well. I coached one kid for a team competition. He won first place. I did. I remember the one of the first people I coached was for WBFF and they got second. I had no idea even how to coach WBFF, but I was like, just did my best. <laughs> right. And it just kept growing from there. You know, people would contact me from those people I had. And then I got more and I got more and it just kept continuing from there. So I know I started with you in... 2018 because it's been about five and a half years yeah. now how much has it changed since i started until now because 2018 i don't know if you were living at this i don't know if you were living here in 2018 God, were 2018 you? was like five years ago yeah oh, well, f- oh yeah a little over five when i started oh uh, man i was i might have still been in like a one-bedroom apartment i think then. you might have been yeah i remember I, I lived in a one-bedroom apartment for a while before i moved into I moved into another apartment actually because I was trying. Remember trying to buy a house, but I didn't have enough proof of income, right? Because I was a business owner, so I was like they wouldn't let me buy a house, and I was like, oh, okay, so I had to move into an apartment again and wait until I proved more time over the next few years that I could make money to afford a house before I finally moved into where we're at now. But I'd say the struggles mostly came from trying to prove myself, right? over those years and how like it changed because you know i had to keep adapting with where coaching was going so i I know you guys have been around a while too Mm -hmm. but there's been like back in the day there wasn't much functional health there was nobody like coaching for you know digestion or Mm -hmm. like um sleep or even you know strengthen the gym or like there was no real other feedback for quite a bit when i first started and then like the functional health side came into play Mm -hmm. and nowadays if you don't know at least how to fix some people's problems or troubleshoot you're kind of obsolete like right and they're gonna find someone they're gonna find somebody else sure so over time it's became more about feedback Mm -hmm. which you know biofeedback is the most important thing right in in any coaching experience like you have to know somebody you have to know how they respond to each and everything as far as digestion strength energy levels are they sleeping how can you fix all that stuff and if you don't know that then you're pretty much screwed right but that was one of the main shifts that kind of happened i'd say from when we started that was kind of becoming a more of a prominent thing and that's continued to grow to now so 
I've had to make sure that I know both the competition side of things and just the general health side of things because it's going a more direction of making sure each and every one of your clients is safe and healthy, mm-hmm. but at the same time pushing them hard enough and to get making results. sure that they yeah. win. Right. It's so the, fi- fine, the line. fine line yep. between winning and staying healthy. Exactly. Is, no, I think I've seen that more since I started with you, not in you, but in just fitness in general. Health has became such a bigger focus more than it was, say, especially 10 years ago. Um, so at what point were you like, okay, I know you talked about leaving school, deciding to make this your career and chase this. At what point were you like, oh, wow, like this is, this is going to be something. This can actually be what I do for the rest of my life. At what point did you think that? Well, I thought it was funny when I first graduated, I had those 30 clients and I was so excited because I was like, man, I can afford my own apartment and like, I mm-hmm. can, you know afford a car payment and i was like i can afford groceries like i'm good like, I feel <laughs> right good. and then it kept growing and uh it almost became overwhelming at points i remember there was one year where i was so overwhelmed with business that i was telling people just like i only take you on if you do a year up front or six months up front because i you know i just can't do it right now yeah and people kept doing it yeah they kept <laughs> and i was like okay like this isn't going anywhere like i'm not it's not just gonna, you know, there, there's over, there's always that anxiety feeling I have, like, I'm gonna lose all my clients in one day and I'm a failure. And yeah. I'm like, and then there's a point I got to, and I was like, that's not gonna happen. Like, you're safe. Like, this is what you do. And that shift came, I think, whenever, I think it was 2017. And I remember I had like three people win an overall in one day. And I remember after that day, it was just like, nonstop yeah and it's been nonstop since like and then the traveling got more and i was like okay well i'm traveling more my name's getting out there like i'm all the way out in california i'm all the way out in texas clients in new york florida like i've pretty much had it somebody from every state and then those people from every state are sending me more people that go to their local gym and i was like there's no end to this like it's it's solidified now where i'm like i feel actually really good Mm -hmm. and i know like it can grow as much as I want it to. Right. But what I've decided to do, which I think has been the better option is I've actually put a cap on how many people I take and I've just increased my prices for the quality that I provide. See, that was going to be one of my questions is like, how did you determine that cap? Was this just something where it's just like, you know, you had to just see like, you know, how many hours in the day that you could like end up juggling them all and make sure everybody's still getting the same quality across the board or like, how was that number? And has that like changed over time? Well, I remember like, I I think I got up to like 50 clients and I thought that was a lot. And to most people that is like, I know my assistant coaches have 50 and they're like, how do you do more than this? And I'm like, I've just learned how to really I work very well in high stress situations and you guys have learned by knowing me like, okay, I work really well if I have a lot to do. Yeah. If I don't have a lot to do, then I'm kind of like, Oh, what am I doing? Like, you know, I I get stressed out because I don't have enough. Mm -hmm. So I think where I learned my cap though, is just being able to respond and communicate and make every client feel like they're still the only client. So if you ask pretty much anybody that works with me, they're like, how long does he take to respond? Sometimes it's less than 20 seconds, <laughs> you know, and it's that's how I'd like to keep it. 
I just never want to forget what somebody's doing or not have a goal in mind for them or not know their name. Like I, I've had some people, you know, come to me from other coaches and, you know, you know, your name's Joe and your mm -hmm. name's Aaron and they're referring you referring to you as Joseph and you may not even go by that. Right. But that's what your email says. Right. But I want to know what my clients prefer to be called. I want to know what they do for work. I mm -hmm. want to know like if they have a spouse. I want to know what they do outside of you know, bodybuilding or general nutrition, whatever they do, so I can coach them better. Right. I, I was just about to say, I think knowing all of those things plays so much into how you coach each person. Yes. Like, I know the way you coach me is going to be so much different than the way you coach a single mother of two kids. Mm -hmm. You can sure. be a lot harder on me. Yeah. And a lot less forgiving on me because I really honestly have no excuses. I have great job. I can afford food, can afford coaching, can afford supplements, a supportive wife, supportive family. Whereas someone out here trying to do this by themselves, working two jobs, taking care of kids, it, how you approach it is so different. And I, I tell everyone that, that asks me about you, I'm like, they ask what my experience is like. I'm like, but yours will be different than mine because if I screw up and text you, you text me more of like, which we've developed a great relationship mm -hmm. now. It's like, get it together. Well, sorry. I don't feel here's sorry the for thing you. with you. It's like, I either need to give you a little bit of advice of where you're at in life, mm -hmm. or I need to just tell you to shut up. And yeah. And, and like, and I think and I know how to differentiate what time in your life. Right. You sure. Here. Especially I know like the past six or seven months for me, most of the time you'd be down my throat, like no more excuses, quit being a baby. But you know, the last two months you've kind of worked with me a little bit just on everything going on. So that's what I tell everyone. I'm like, I can't explain how your experience is going to go, yeah. but I can tell you it'll be different than mine. Well, here's, here's, I'll tell you two stories real quick. Two things I, I want to say on this topic. So number one is if you've ever experienced me backstage at a show yes. and I have like three or four different people competing, I treat every single one of them differently. Yeah. Oh, for and sure. it's because of the relationship I've, you know, developed with them over time. I know exactly how they need to be talked to. I know if they need to be told to chill out or relax. I know how to talk to each person. And I think that's what's really developed um, the winning mentality in a lot of these people is I know how to communicate with them. Right. There's, you know, one person I can go up there and be like, quit being a pussy. That's me. But I can't <laughs> do that with some other right. people. They're not going to respond well to that. So I've learned to talk to each and every other person so that they can perform their best. But the one thing I did just recently start doing, which I think was a great idea, especially with how many people I get for general nutrition and how many people I get as competitors, is I asked the question in my client questionnaire, how do you want to be treated as a client? Well, if you're a com competitor, you get no options. I'm going to treat you, you know, right. I'm going to be hard as hell on you. I'm going to tell you that your reps sucked. I'm going to tell you your legs are small. I'm going to tell you how weak you are and how you're not using enough weight. I'm going to abuse you until you get to be where you need to be. But if you are a general nutrition client, you get the option. Hey, do you want me to be hard on you and you get progress faster? Or do you want me to be more lenient with you and understanding your lifestyle, but progress may be slower? And based on how the client answers that question is how I treat them. I literally put it in the top of their notes of how they want to be treated. And I make sure to keep that in mind. So if you know one week they fall off a little bit, I make sure they know how to get better and how we can work on that. But if they fall off a little bit and they told me they want me to treat them hard, I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. Right. So I, I think that's one thing is knowing how somebody wants their coaching experience to be is a valuable thing for any coach to do to make sure 
that you can coach them correctly. Because I want I want to keep people around long term. I understand, you know, one person, their goal may be to lose 40 pounds. And you have two people. They both have the same goal to lose 40 pounds. Well, one person may want a lenient approach where it takes them, you know, a year to lose 40 pounds. The other one may want to lose it in four months. I'm going to let them decide which strategy right. they want to go. And you're obviously going to be much harder on the person who's trying to do it in four months. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's and, going to be a strict diet. There's mm-hmm, not going to right. be much, you know, leniency. If you got to go out of town, I'm going to be like, you need to pack your meal. Right. <laughs> but, and and yeah. neither of them are wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what a lot of people see are these people that change so quickly that you are hard on. Yeah. And like, or like one of us in a prep or you in a prep per se, like in 16 weeks, you completely transform your body. Sure. Versus someone who takes, like you say, a year to lose 40 pounds. Neither of those are wrong. No. It's just. I think there's such a misconception about how quickly things have to be done and wanting it to be instant. Yeah. Well, you, you have to be adapt right. with how the client is like, so, you know, some people want to do this super fast. They want to, you know, be pushed other people. They want to learn how to live this as a lifestyle. Right. And, you know, I have some clients and they pay me years up front just to learn how to eat out at restaurants and be better. You know, like they still want to be able to go to business meetings. They still want to be able to take a break from the gym or have a weekend off and know what to do so they don't get fat. Right. And I think that's a valuable reason to hire a coach. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like me being hard on every single person. Right. It's, you know, they check in after a bad weekend and I'm like, well, here, let me teach you why that was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a guy recently and he's, he's actually doing a great job, but you know, he likes to drink on the weekends. Well, you know, the drinks of choice that he was choosing, I had to explain to him, I'm like, hey, you know, you're at 2,300 calories a day, right? Roughly to cut. And I was like, you're drinking 4,500 calories of margaritas and shots right. on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's almost two days worth of calories of food. And I was like, you're not going to get results doing that. Right. If you're going to drink, we need to switch up your tactics on drinking and make sure that you're going to still get results or you are wasting your time. Right. And sure enough, he took that and he understood and he, uh, the ex- explanation was what he needed. He needed to right. like, Oh, I need to see numbers with this. Now he, you know, yeah. chooses vodka, soda, water, and Mio and right. he cut the drinks down by half. Sure. And you know, he's lost 17 pounds. Yeah. Do you find that a lot of time it's not lack of effort as much as it is lack of knowledge of knowing like yeah, of knowing direction. why that was bad. Yes, so like exactly you and I and Joe and Derek, like say we're in that situation. It's second nature to us at this point because we're like, Oh, I don't need to do, exactly. I don't need to do that. Like, but he was like, well, it's Saturday. It's fine. But once you explained it, it clicked. I yeah. think that is the most important part of coaching is taking something from it. Like you explained it, it clicked. He fixed it. And like you said, now he's down weight. Yeah, I got a, a great example of that too. You know, it's like I have people in prep and they're always worried about something. I had a guy the other day and he was like, man, I haven't had a bowel movement in a few days. Yeah, I saw your and, post. you know, I've had a few people do that to me in the past. And I was literally like, hey man, you know, bowel movements are just waste. You don't necessarily need to use the bathroom every single day. It sometimes might take two days or it might, mm-hmm. you know, you might not go for 36 hours. That happens when you're deep in prep. And literally, you know, at first I was kind of frustrated because I was like, I've explained this so many times to people. 
But then he answered me. He's like, you know, thanks for explaining that to me. He was like, now that I understand it, I get it. And I'm not worried about it. And I was yeah. like, that's all well, we needed. You know? I remember <laughs> one of my preps, I had the same issue and I texted you and you were like, you don't have to go every day. Cause I was, I'm very regular. I eat the yeah. same meals every day. I'm clockwork, mm -hmm. but at the end of prep, I was like, Hey man, I've not went to the bathroom in a day and a half or two. And you're like, you might not need to yet. And like, once you explained that to me, it was like the next morning I was like, yeah, we're good. Never mind. Exactly. And it's always like, it's, I think more people get worried about it. Right. And they start getting anxious of why they're not going and they try to troubleshoot it themselves. And that's right. what causes issues. When there's really no issue. There's no there issue. There was no it's issue. Like, I know, looked fine. I was yeah. still progressing. My weight was still dropping. So there was no reason. I'll have people that check in the day before show and they're like, I feel bloated. And I'm like, well, you don't look bloated. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter how you feel. Yeah. It's like if point. your abs are popping completely, yeah. I'm not super concerned. I think this is a good time to segue into one of our next topics. So we've talked a little bit on previous episodes. And I remember this was a question that Derek brought up to me personally was like how you can look at someone that's just starting their fitness journey and determine like, you know, if they have the genetics capable for bodybuilding. I remember I had a guy message me on Instagram probably maybe a month ago and he was like five, six, five, seven. He had only been training for about a year and he had lost like 60 pounds and he was still like 230. And, you know, at that height, you know, he had a lot of excess body fat he's still having to work with. He said, I'd like to compete one day and do like classics. Do you think I have the structure for it? And I was like, honestly, where you're at right now, it's so hard to say, like, you know, with where you're at. So I don't know if there's certain things that you like to look for or if it's there's something that's just like, you know, let's go ahead and like start the process and just figure it out as we go kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, basically what you just said, I think that's the best way is a lot of people question. They're like, do I have the genetics for this? Well, we're not going to know until you actually try. Sure. So I've had some people and, you know, they've started with me and I thought, hey, they've got no build right now whatsoever and then two years later they're winning competitions sure i think a lot of it has to do with a combination of work ethic mm -hmm. and a little bit of genetics mm -hmm. so i do think you know say i have somebody start with me and they're completely new to this i'm going to go ahead and set them up in a way where we can go and see how body responds and then we're going to go from there so example i'm trying to think of like say i have a girl and she wants to compete well, I'll set up with a basic training plan. I'll set up with diet, nutrition, you know, and then we'll work together for a good six months. Usually by six months in, I can tell at least what clash they should do. Then from there, it's basically going towards that route of what their body's going to take them towards. Do you have the genetics for the certain class you want to do is more what I would ask. Like, so, you know, I do feel like you have to have genetics for wellness. Um, mm -hmm. Bikini is another one. Like some people are just naturally built for bikini, classic physique, men's physique, even more sure. like, you know, you have to have certain genetics for those classes, but how do you know if you have them, you have to do the work and find out. I, I think finding that out is just time. You have to sit there and do the work over and over again, learn how to train. And then you may find out that you're really good at it. Or you may find out that you should do something completely different. Right. may not be for you. Powerlifting or, you know, anything else. Adding, adding to what Tyler just said, I'll give an example as well. I had a client, uh, his name's Noel, and he just literally checked the boxes every single day for three months. Mm -hmm. He started with me. He's probably 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, he started, I think he was 243, um, heavy set, has more of like a shorter limbs build and i hadn't seen i had never met him in person I'm, i i knew him through a friend started with me 
couple weeks ago, I went to train with him. And he's down like 25 pounds, um, training heavier than ever. And I saw him and I was like, oh my God, this guy's a bodybuilder. I saw him and I, I looked at him. I said, you're a bodybuilder. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, you could do really, really yeah. well. And I'd never met him. But looking at the pictures when we first started, I was like, I don't know. Dude, It's a, that's a great example. It's like I'll be walking around LAC or gyms around you know the US that I'll go visit. And I can look at somebody. I can be like, that person should do this. Yeah. That person should do that. You can tell just yeah. looking at somebody what they could do. And often at LAC, if anybody ever sees me staring at them, it's because I think you have a good physique. It's right. not me being weird or anything. It's literally just <laughs> it's, like, oh, like, and I've even told some people, like I went up to like some girls and some guys at the gym and I'm like, have you ever thought about competing? And they're like, no, not at all. And then like a year later, they're like, hey, remember that one time you told me to do that? I've been working towards that. Do you think we could go do a competition? I'm like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like, this is what I've been waiting for. There's so many people that could tell you yeah. that I like Kyle Flowers is actually a good example. Yeah. I remember I saw him at the gym. God, this is years and years and years ago. And he was just working out at LAC. And I remember seeing him. I'm like, this guy could be a really good bodybuilder. And I remember I went up to him. I was like, hey, man, like you could do really well in bodybuilding. He's like, I tried it once. I wasn't good at it. I didn't like it. And I was like, okay, well, if you ever decide to try it again, like, let me know. I'd love to help you. Well, two years later or so, he hits me up and he wins like a 14-person a light heavyweight class, almost wins the overall. Yeah. And had like one of the best days of his life. And we, we it was great because I get to show him what he could do. It's a lot it's more like, fun when you're winning. Yeah. You, yeah. When you win, it's way more fun. There's so many people though that I always say this is so funny to me. I feel like your next Olympia is probably like at a Walmart by, yeah. you know, and has no idea. frozen foods. <laughs> yeah. They're eating Hot Pockets and they have no idea even that Mr. Olympia competition exists. Right. And it's so funny to think like that because some people just have extreme genetics. Yeah. Some though that have those genetics don't have the work ethic. Okay. That's what I was about to dive and into next. And I know, crazy. I know what you're thinking and you know what I'm thinking about that because that is very common and joe and i've talked about this so many times mm. nothing pisses me off more because like there are people that have better genetics than anyone in this room that work have less work ethic than anyone in this room therefore they will go not as far as anyone in this well, room because when they realize how hard they actually have to work and the scares genetics them off. can no longer mm -hmm. carry them it's often a reason to stop doing right. it or they're like, okay, this is too much. This is too hard. Well, yeah. And then you know, that's why I always say the pros are the ones that good genetics and have a good work ethic. Yeah. Sure. Have to have both. Yeah. So another thing, and this is just an honest truth. If you want to know if you have good genetics or not, look at your parents. Right. It's, it's you get a lot of that. Like people are like, how'd your back get so big when they're talking to me? And I'm like, my mom and dad, my father. Well, <laughs> so in prep, my shoulders always stand out. Yeah. If you saw my dad working out, you'd be like, Jesus, he has great shoulders. Yeah. He's 53 and just hits well, the gym four times a week. Like, I like to talk about Hunter Killian real quick. Because oh God. Hunter, you that's know, genetic. He just won overall class physique at Hoosier Flex. He's yes. 22 years old. His mom and dad are both IFBB pros. And the kid though, Here's the thing with him. His mindset and work ethic are like a, a notch above. Yep. And then you match that with, with who genetic, his parents are. Genetics that are a and notch above as well. Sky is the limit. It is know? insane. I from when he started with you to now is night and day. It's oh yeah, he is someone who has next level genetics. And it's crazy to me because like we're not that old. I don't think we we're are. not like I'm 31 years old. But I see how young some of the kids that are getting into this are. And like, I'll have kids contact me. They're like 17 years old. And they're like, my mom and dad want me to get into bodybuilding. And they said, it's okay if you can coach me. Uh, and I'm like, 
And then they'll send me pictures and I'm like, why do you look like you're 26? (laughs) And they're, they're just, you know, they're getting started so young. Yeah. And it's so cool how bodybuilding has become more like a mainstream thing. When it's grown so much. When I was 17, I was like playing video games and doing nothing. And now you got kids that are 17 and they're at the gym and they've been training for two years. Right. Like I went to go get fitted for one of my friend's weddings. And there was, I guess it was about the same time as prom. And there was a kid in there, probably like 16, 17 years old, pulls up his shirt and does like a vacuum ab thigh in the mirror. And it actually looked pretty good. <laughs> and I was like, hi, I'm Tyler Betson. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, but what has this become? Like, it's so right crazy because I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't in a gym like doing anything serious at 15 or 16. No, I, I had no idea what I was doing. Working out in quotations for basketball. Yeah, working out. Like yeah. I, I was there and I, you know, tried doing stuff. And these kids are dead serious about it, though. And it's really cool because some of them, you know, they, they have the genetics for it, but then they're working on it from 15 years old Got a head start. and doing their first competition at 17 or 18. And you're like, yeah, like Xavier. I was just like, about to oh say Xavier, came, came 20, years, 20 old. years old. There's a girl I found on the other day. She became pro in wellness at 18. Right. Insane. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. Xavier was one I was about to mention that turned pro uh, last weekend or the weekend before. Yeah. That's just like you said, genetics, structure. Work, work ethic, ethic it's all there so yeah. the future is like you know well, sky's the limit shows since he was like 17 or 18 right. you know and it's just he keeps getting better because he mm-hmm. keeps doing it yeah and it's really you know there's no reason he's you, you see him post his grocery cart it's a big thing of a fish every week and he yep. just does the same thing mm-hmm. that's all you gotta do just that's the key yep checking all the boxes but all right tyler real quick i want to touch a little bit about you said you did your first bodybuilding competition when you were in college so how old were you when you first stepped on stage it was 2015 what was that i was 22 22 yep okay sounds good. and ha- how long have you been training at that point i guess like just yourself like well out. it's funny i actually started training seriously when i was 18. um it's a story it's very few people know it's kind of like if you know me you know it mm-hmm. but i got arrested when i was 18 years old for trafficking marijuana and it changed my whole life because I got in serious trouble at that time. And my idea was, okay, I'm gonna go to prison. So I I I gotta start working out or I'm gonna get like beat up or like, (laughs) you know, become a prison bitch or something. So So in reality, getting arrested changed the course of your whole life. I started at 98 pounds. I remember I graduated high school at 98 pounds and that was what made me start training and i remember it was because i was scared and it's really funny to think about that's insane yeah and then it turned into my whole life yeah so i started training seriously when i was 18 i remember i was like putting bags of pasta i would cook a bunch of pasta and chicken i would just eat it um (laughs) and i kept seriously doing it until i went to and even my first year of college I, I became friends with some kids around there that would train every day and I trained with them. We ate seven meals a day. I would eat almonds in between each meal uh, just to gain weight. And I remember I got up to like 130 pounds and I was like- No one was saying anything to you. I was 130. Like, oh, yeah. And then it kept going. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I, before I did my first competition, I was training only for about four years. And I remember I had no idea really bodybuilding existed and Mm -hmm. like how it worked. But I remember people kept coming up to me at the gym 
from when I was about 20 till I was did my first competition. And they'd be like, have you ever thought about training bodybuilding? And I, I just like took it as a compliment. And I was like, no, I've never really thought about it. And then sure enough, I decided to do it. And it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, it, it's like I said, it's become my entire life in a way. And so getting into it was worth it. You know, I, it's crazy how life works. You know, I, I, at 18 years old, I'm having to drop all my friends so I don't get in trouble. I'm having right. to grow up faster. And this new love for bodybuilding that I've discovered and weight training is what, you know, got me out of that lifestyle I was living and then set me up for where I'm at today. Right. It all just kind of fell into place. Perfect. Yeah. Like if you could write a book about it, it would be a bestseller because literally that's like, a crazy story it yeah. just fell into place it just worked out yeah and, and you know i know you know so many of your other friends that maybe it didn't so like you know just well, gotta I, be a lot of the people i used to hang out with back in the day are dead right so you just yeah. have to be like <laughs> super thankful good, that but... it all fell into place yeah um, yeah I, I always look at it as a blessing now right. like way back then i was you know i didn't know where my life could have been if that didn't happen sure. right i i could be dead right now too like i could you know have fallen into something worse but right. because that happened i decided to go to the apartment gym i was living at at the time and i'd go there every morning to get bigger for I prison just, get bigger for prison which i <laughs> i didn't end up going to prison i ended up getting like 30 days in yeah. jail and then they I, I it's funny this is this is kind of a wild story I, I went to jail for 30 days and the only reason they shortened it to 30 days is because i was going to start college at Murray State for my first year. You told me about this. And they I remember they originally announced, I think it was like three or four months or something like that I was supposed to be in there. Jeez. And then like my attorney was like, well, he starts college in like 29 days. And they're like, okay, well in 29 days it is then. And uh, they immediately took me back. I went to the jail there and uh, I got out at like 5 a.m. the day I was supposed to move into the dorms Jesus. at Murray State. <laughs> I remember getting out. My mom shaved my head. They had already loaded up my car for me and went and bought all the stuff I needed to move into the dorm. And I started college the next day. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. And it that's where I started my life. And I remember the, luckily the people I met there and the, my roommate in college were such positive influences Yeah, that they helped me to get better. Like I remember, gosh, I, I had this roommate named Martise Allen. And You've told me about Martise. 360 pound offensive lineman, dreadhead dude. He was... You know, it, you never see the show Robin Big. Yes, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was exactly that. Like <laughs> I was a skinny white boy, like skater-looking kid, and he was just you know, big offensive lineman, football player, and I was drinking like Coke Zero or Coke or something like that and some rum, and I was about to go drive, and he literally grabs this bottle out of my hand and throws it as far as he can throw and he says you're never going to do that he's like we, he's like we're, we're keeping you good and i remember that and i was like oh like i actually got like a friend that actually cares it's like looking out for like, you yeah. yeah 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 and i i remember that and i remember that was like it, it's such a small thing really to think about but it was such a pivotal moment for me because i was like he's right like no one else has done this for me this and far then i started getting into training even more mm -hmm. and i met the right friends and it just it kept going man and it was awesome because it was like everything has kind of set its tone for me. And I started going in the right direction and making sure the people that I met and the people I associated with were the right people. Right. And like you said, I think once you have that pivotal moment where you 
do get the right person at that point you get to choose like you know from that point forward you realized hey i get to choose who i let in here on like i don't have to associate with these people if i don't want to and you know i think everyone kind of needs that moment where they're like hey you know this is my life i get to choose where it goes yeah man i've had to it it sucks to say but i've had to cut people out of my life over the past 10 years for sure it's just what had to be done for me to continue to be better and i I know that's hard for some people to do it's it's definitely a challenge but you the goal in life is always to get better right and you know we only have so long to live and so long to make a name for ourselves or do this work that i don't like to waste any time right you know sometimes that requires looking out for yourself too so kind of in conclusion i guess your personal bodybuilding journey i know you don't have to dive any details what are your goals with that um i know kind of where you want to be with coaching i know and i know you've told me coaching always is first coaching is first always um and i know your wife laura is obviously an ifbb pro you coach her as well and i know the type of person you are her goals are going to go before yours because you coach her bodybuilding wise what are some of your goals say well, the last time I competed was 2019, right. and it's kind of crazy because I was going through a divorce then. I probably shouldn't have completed that prep, but I I don't quit. I, I just don't believe anybody should ever quit anything. Like if you set out to do something, you should finish it. Right. And that was what I had to do. So I did it, and I probably lost a ton of muscle during the process, but I feel like I left a lot on the table with bodybuilding. Like I'd worked so hard to present that physique and then I presented something that was horrible. So Mm -hmm. it's left like a hole. You have to fix it. And I'm like, I got to do something. So I've literally not competed for four years now and I will definitely do it again. And I do want to compete at least one more time. Yeah. Based off what happens there is if I'll do it again. But, you know, like you said, everybody else kind of comes first right Mm -hmm. i i realized i'm really good at coaching i can make people win shows i can make people get in shape and and like my wife is a ipb pro with a lot of potential to do really really big things really well and i will always be in love with bodybuilding i'll probably always do it in some sense but if it comes down to it it's going to be me pushing her through training making sure she's set up and in the right mindset to achieve what she can achieve right but i will do it one more time was it I've got so to. i have a question for you and this is more for me so i know we've talked about my potential as well i agree i have potential but say five years from now i've tried three or four times and i'm like man maybe bodybuilding is not my thing was it hard at what point did you realize like or not realize at what point are you okay with saying i've done everything i can correctly and it's okay I would say as long as I've achieved a physique, I'm proud of, Okay, but I've already thought about this, you know, like, I don't know what I'm going to look like the next time I compete. Yeah. I already know I've got long legs. I've got a short torso. I am not the best genetically built for bodybuilding, but I love to do it. Right. So I keep doing it because I enjoy it and it's just part of my life. But I think after I do this one more time, I will probably get into other things. Like I've talked about, I've talked to a few people about eventually doing an MMA fight and training for like three years <laughs> to do an MMA fight. Dude, I will I've buy got the, a long arms. I've got yeah, long legs. It would so actually bet, be, you would I'm, actually be really good. <laughs> I'm five four with a very long reach. Yeah, and five I, four with a six eleven wingspan. Yeah, <laughs> I can get very angry and just. <laughs> so that, that's a, like, 
I, I do have other things I still want to do. Yeah. But I do think bodybuilding and coaching will always be yeah, always be a life. part of you. Right. But with you, the thing is, is I think after like three to five years of trying, it's deciding in yourself if you love it. Right. Or if it's just a hobby. Right. And then I always tell people from there, it's like, do you want to keep doing it? Is it worth it? Yeah. And you only be like what 34 35 34 yeah that's i know i'm still young that's prime time for bodybuilding i always have some people tell me like i'm 35 i'm old and i'm like what the hell are you talking about (laughs) i was like that's like your best years like you're that's prime time right you know some of the people winning the olympia are closing in on 35 well i mean some of the open bodybuilders are in their 40s exactly yeah Yeah. like when laura's last show we we did her pro debut in norcal uh the girl that won the show was 39 yeah and there's another girl that was in there that got top five and she was 48 wow another one was 42 and then we're like yeah. laura just turned 27 and we're like oh we got a lot of time left <laughs> yeah and that's that's what i know laura and i talked about it when she came and seen me for a visit the other day how much time she has left it's just it's nuts this was a conversation that aaron had to kind of have with me a couple months back well we tried to jump into a prep this you know start of this year and i was just really trying to like rush into it just because i like the idea of competing and you know we're opening this business and we got a lot of other things going on now and just isn't a great time so i finally took my foot off the gas and decided to wait and we was talking about it and i was like man i don't know if i'll ever really compete again he's like you're, you're 23 years old bro. you're was, 23 yeah. you got so much time 24 now i've had but... to talk to so many guys even i have because they go so hard in the beginning yeah that they get kind of burnt out sure and i'm like learn to love it and balance yeah. it and just keep working towards a goal and you're going to be so far rest of the other people that just didn't stop yeah. exactly i think you had that talk with me because i know i just competed and done that show kind of by myself with my buddy josh who helped me yeah and you, you, we messaged each other he's like you're like you have a ton of potential and i was like well, let me start with you let's see and i was like when are we competing again you're like what no, no. not for a while yeah it's and take it, your time having somebody to be honest with you helps too yeah. because yeah. like with you said it's just sometimes it's not the right time yeah and there's so much more time to build sure that's what this all is it's just a long game mm-hmm. and the more i've done it the more i've realized that and i have some people and they'll start with me and i'm like this is literally your first competition you're not going to look your best at that one right but if you keep doing this you could be great right and you just have to keep doing it and like with what you said you're 23 years old yeah man like it's a baby. Imagine taking two, <laughs> two three years off, stepping back up there when you're sure. 26. You're going to yeah. show some people what's up. And like, that's, that's exactly what, what he said do. to me. He was just like, you know, just kind of fall back in love with the process. You know what I'm saying? Don't because worry you, about it. You hated it. You ha- Not the process, but you hated the position you were in in life. You were in no position to try to do that. That would have been like, for example, say you had known you were getting a divorce when you started prep. Yeah. Would you have done it? uh no that's the thing but i've already been in it right and you weren't letting off you know the the divorce came because it was like i was with somebody that wanted to go out and drink all the time who didn't have the same goals didn't have the same goals and it was just like i couldn't do it but at the same time i was just like i have to finish this for you for me because what else am i gonna do i'm gonna go be sad yeah like, well you know <laughs> and i see that so that was like in that situation it was your source of stability exactly. that gym was there those people were there the support was there and, and i see that too so yeah i think everyone's just gotta see where they're at in life well, prep is hard too it's very it's hard, hard. I, I don't think a lot of people get into this knowing fully what they're getting no. into 
and then they get it, it like that's why i've done a lot of mindset training first before i let people prep now right so like i'll, I'll take them through say a mock prep and you know it's no free meals it's ne- it's just you know consistent diet calories are getting pretty low and i'll get them to you know maybe a six eight week outlook and i'm like all right how do you feel here and normally they're like i'm fine i'll push them a little bit harder then i give them a little taste of what it feels like mm-hmm. <laughs> then we go ahead and reverse them out, grow a little bit more, and then I'll finally prep them for real the next time. And they're more prepared because they're like, I know what was required. You know what's coming. And, and some just don't get it. Like I'll have some and they start with me and they're like snacking or they don't quite understand. You can't skip a cardio session or you can't go out and have a random free meal. Right. And I like to teach a lot of that stuff first because I think that's what sets them up for success. Like I want to give you a taste of what this is like. I'm going to give you a hard cardio. I'm going to give you to a hard training. You're not going to have a free meal sometimes for a few weeks, maybe longer. And then you're going to know what to expect. But if you don't know what to expect and you get into this and you get to four, six weeks out, some people don't expect it, but it hits you like a truck and you're like, mm-hmm. I hate training. I hate walking. I hate walking. I hate moving. I hate I breathing. Have, <laughs> I hate everything. I'm not able to talk to people. I'm weak. I'm no energy. And then it hits them and they just don't love it anymore. Right. But if they're more prepared for it and they know that's what it requires and what it takes, they're more likely to finish. Sure. So I would say just use these next years, build your mindset. Yeah, that's what you have doing, so man. much time, dude. Yeah. I didn't do my first show until I was. I think 25 almost right before i was 25 and then again at 27 so and i still consider myself young 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 to be competing because like sure there's master's classes which there's nothing wrong with that i always think master's classes like especially 35 man hey some of those Those guys more competitive than the better than the open classes oh man like especially the women yeah as women get older they can just get more condition Mm -hmm. yeah it is crazy some of them are just like peeled and it's hard to beat that when you're you know 21 year old girl and you're yeah. trying you don't have a bunch of muscle yet and you're trying to beat a 35 year old woman that's been doing this for 14 years like, yeah it's a big difference yeah i think i remember go add into what you just said about women there was a lady who competed in the same show that pat frederick done a few weeks back and she was 52 yeah and she was the leanest human being in the show by far well that's that's how it goes it's funny because at norcal pro there was a woman that competed there as a pro and she was 72 jesus and we couldn't believe it we were backstage and they were they were seeing what everybody's age was because they were trying to give an extra check away for like highest placing masters yeah because they're doing that masters olympia this year too and uh they're going through and this woman's like i'm 72 and everybody just looks at her and they're like what there's no, no way. way like she maybe looked like early mid 50s yeah she was 72 yeah doing a pro show good for her good for her that's awesome yeah that's awesome man. well it also shows you there's there's no limits there's no age limits oh absolutely speaking of limits i know something that's going to affect joe and i and a lot of uh men's physique competitors what do you think about the new weight limits coming our way so the concern for me when i think about it is that some are going to stop training legs right and i'm down for that (laughs) yeah. <laughs> which is which is funny because it's like that's what unless they start judging which apparently is what they're going to do yeah i heard that they're going to change the short length so you actually have to show a little bit of your legs and they're going to include that the judging so that's going to prevent that mm-hmm. so i think they needed to do it because honestly some of those guys are just getting insanely big up top like, yeah it's literally they're bigger than bodybuilders 
yeah. up top and then there's just like well i know not much else to a it. lot of the guys i was talking to at the national show that i'd done they were like same height as i am six one to six two and i was asking them their stage weight and one of them said 242 and i was like oh well our classic cutoff weight's like uh 230 yeah they're bigger than that what? which is crazy but yeah i think it's a great idea i do too um i hope they start doing it with some of the women's classes too like figure and women's physique yeah because it's it's concerning to me how big they're getting women's physique especially oh my god it's, it's so hard to get the size needed now without using so much extra supplementation and it's like i like to keep the femininity in the sport like yeah. i'm like mm -hmm. you, i want my women to look feminine because they get rewarded for being feminine right and some of these girls do not care no and they are getting massive but i just don't know how easy it would be to control a weight cap for a female because you know you have a lot of other stuff at play there like you know they do have implants and things right. like that which are going to go into weight and I'm, it's like do you go with a making yourself have implants for the look or do you take them out to have more muscle like or do they do like <laughs> like, like it's an, like, like do i want more muscle or do i want my implants like yeah. it's like do they do like an implant roll where they just like can't, can't get just a certain cup size or something it, it's it's just i, I don't, don't know, feel man. like it's easy to control there, there, it's so much harder to do that than it is men well and then it's just you go to some of these shows and it's your height's going to be different sometimes where oh, yeah. go. and i've always said they need to make like a uh, a system where you go get heighted in at like a local area and it stays and it stays for yeah. that year like you got to go in january or february if you want to compete that year go get your height in yeah and then you go to like a local npc facility or registered facility which it could be like a supplement shop or something yeah if you anywhere to. and that's what your height is for that year drives me insane as a coach whenever i have somebody and i'm trying to make them make a weight for something and they go to one show and they're six foot four and then they go to another one and they tell them they're six two i'm like what do you so do? yeah at um i remember it i hide it in at kentucky which was probably my best look by far and they said you're six two and three quarters and i was like with my shoes off no i'm not i'm yeah between six one and six two and they measured me again and showed me six two three quarters See, i went to nationals i was six one and a half well that's like i i've had guys before in class d where i've sat there and tried to make them wake weight and you know for example logan miller one time his yeah. weight cap i think was 252 and we worked so hard to make that weight cap that yeah i think he had to cut like four or five more pounds to make the cap mm -hmm. and then we go to weigh in and they measure him like two inches taller. So we didn't even have to do that. And I'm like, well, if I would have known you guys are gonna make him six foot six, right. then I wouldn't even bother to, you know, manipulate anything. Yeah. Because I didn't have to. So when you, you start manipulating all those look. things too, it's when you start having to worry about feeding back up, overfeeding. Exactly. There's so you many know, things I'm that- I'm hardly feeding him all day for us to find out he's two inches taller at this certain show. And I'm like, oh, I could have just kept, kept everything, everything the same. The same. Yeah. yeah when you start throwing in those variables i feel like you get so it's so tedious yeah especially when someone's peeled. there needs to be some kind of system set in play i agree what do you think a, what do you think a good weight cap would be for six one to six two my Men's height Zeke. yeah if Dude, classics I, I would have to know more about how much some of those guys weigh mm -hmm. like yeah like i know ben quill i think he's pretty big on stage but he's only like 198 yeah i think he's six foot one six one yeah no way yeah I'm pretty really? sure really I, I, I want to say he's about like close to our height, right yeah. in there. Inch or two, higher or lower. Yeah, yeah. he's pretty. 
So he's, I'm between six one and six two. But I mean, he's like one ninety eight on stage. Yeah, and he, he looks killer. Yeah, he's winning shows. So it makes me wonder, like, yeah, how are they going to do that? Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, because I was two fourteen on stage. Yeah, and I'm six one to six two. So it's just, man, that's going to be a tough call. Yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to do it because it's going to have to be less than classic. Oh, it's going to have to be. It's going to have to be less than classic, which is going to be very interesting. My classic cutoff is two thirty for six one to six two. Yeah, so. I just don't see him making it equivalent or higher than classic. Be. No. Yeah. We'll see. It's it's an interesting topic. I'm glad they're doing it. I think it's necessary, but I also think they need to be consistent across the board with regional and right. national and pro shows because it's very frustrating. Men's physique, no offense to you, Aaron, is my I know. Most least. It's so annoying. Yeah. Because I can bring somebody extremely conditioned, the best they've ever looked, and it'll be something like they're too lean or they're too big. And I'm like, this is the name of the but, game. But then you go to a national level show and that same person that was too lean or too big would be the winner. So yeah. there, there's some guys I've watched that are literally like stuck at regional level right? because they say they're too big and they can't place top two. But, but on a national stage, they would win. On a national stage, they probably would, you know, be top five. Which is the direct opposite of which what is, happened to me. Yes. So, like, I was on, I was money at the regional show, mm-hmm. and then went to nationals, and I was twenty pounds undersized. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it depends on where you go. I was easily could have been one or two at that show, well, and then nationals, I was, like, it was just terrible. Which it's so confusing to me to get that kind of feedback. You know, they do it with bikini too. Like I've had girls before, and they'll be like, "She's too hard." Yeah. And I'm like, and I go look at the national bikini girls, and I'm like, she looks just like them. Yeah. Like, what you, My what feedback you? was come a little leaner and do a national show. That's what it said. Yeah. yeah. I can show you the email. So get lighter and do nationals. Yeah. <laughs> get a little leaner, and hit a national show and you'll do well. That's what it said. And I was like, oh, okay. All the confidence in the world. And it got ripped away. Yeah. It's just, it's so confusing. It's so inconsistent. Nationals too is a little bit of luck. Yeah. Like oh yeah. You got to show up with your best luck and hope. Depends on who shows else up. shows up. And it's very frustrating because like, I know a lot of my clients understand that. Like yeah. we're going into a lot of these shows and I'm like, I will bring you the best you've ever looked, but can't it's up promise. to the judges. You can't promise anything exactly. ever. Like, I can bring somebody in the best they've ever looked and they could place, you know, fourth or fifth or right. they, could, they could just not like that person. All like Andrew Elam, you know, he just competed at nat- junior nationals and he was probably one of the most conditioned people on stage. But in classic physique, there were six other guys that had a more classic, classic structure physique. than him that weren't as conditioned. Right. And that's just how it rolls. You know, yeah. you, you could have went to junior USA's though. And he might have placed top two there. Right. And so it's, it's just whoever shows up. It's 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 basically luck of the draw. You got to go in there and be like, all right, well, let's hope for the best. Yeah. And that's like I have three or four competitors that I coach. And to all of them, I know, especially Pat that competed two weeks ago, he was like, man, I just want to place first or second. Do you think I will? Do you think I will? And I was like, I'll say this. I'll say you look better now than you've ever looked. Yeah. How had you showed up to your first show as you look now, you would have been top two, no doubt. Yeah. And we went there and he got fourth and fifth or fifth and fifth or fourth and fifth. And he was so frustrated. I was like, man, like two of those guys are doing masters nationals here in a few weeks. Oh, yeah, like in one of them in particular has a very, very good chance of turning pro. Oh yeah. And I was like, and this is your second show. You've been 
training consistently for two and a half, three years. I was like, you have no reason to be upset. And I think, like you said, it's so hard. It's literally just dependent on who shows up. It is. Had he looked that good at his first show, he may have potentially won his 50 plus class at his first show ever. And then he looks 10 times better, goes to a different show and gets fifth. Well, yeah, that's just, it's how it rolls. Like I always have to explain that to people. I will make you look the best you can possibly look. Yep. But it is all a subjective sport at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I cannot control the outcome. Right. And most people understand that now, but you have some and it's just like they, they go in there and they might get like second or third. And then they're like, I need to go find a different coach. Cause <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and then I'm just always like, all right, well, I guess you'll just learn the hard way. Like it's, it's not going to change. Yeah. But it's bodybuilding, man. That's why you got to love it. If you yeah. don't, if you don't love this stuff, then it's going to eat you alive because you can go to one show, you can win overall mm -hmm. and you go to a show two weeks later and you could get last place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you could get better in those two weeks and yeah. still get last place. Exactly. That's what sucks. Like, you know, there was a, I think Kyrie boards is a really good classic physique guy. Yeah. And, uh, he got one spot away at junior USA's from becoming pro in class B one spot away. So anybody should go try the next show. Right. Like, right. When he goes to the next one, he looks better. He's more conditioned. And I think he got like seventh or eighth. A bunch of freaks showed up and just more people showed yeah. up. And it's just, it's a great example. And you know, it's wild to me how it's all based on where you go. Who the judges are. <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And that changes show to show. Yeah. Yep. And then I mean some judges judge in a certain way. They want more conditioning or they want they want more size. Right. Like, for example, I wouldn't take Laura probably to, you know, Texas or anything because they they will let the big, big girls win. Yeah. While, you know, somewhere out in the West Coast or up north is more about structure. So so that's why you took her there mm -hmm. and got the feedback you needed, which I think was probably exactly what you expected. Yeah, I was just gain, get more size. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's easy to do. Yeah. Just time. Lots. Of which time. she has plenty of. Yeah. Yep. So we, what we do when we close these episodes out uh, the past couple of times, we've been doing a healthy obsession of the week. So Joe and I are uh, kind of fixate on things once we get focused on them. So what's something the past week that you've like been looking at and you just, it's kind of just been something that you've been fo not necessarily focused on, maybe even distracted by it. So I know last show mine was like watches cause I'm a big watch guy. Yeah. So I was like diving into watches. Hmm. What's something I've been looking at lately. Mm -hmm. Huh? I think Derek shows yours was just the NBA in general. Oh, NBA draft. Yeah. The NBA. The cool. NBA. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess our main thing lately is travel travel. So I'm actually going to universe on Wednesday. Cool for uh jess briggs is competing there yeah so uh, that'll be my first time in new jersey and new york so that's, oh you've not been to new york no, yet i've never been to new york or new jersey hey, so we no. land in new york if and uh, go right if you new have jersey. time if you guys have time one world observatory when tori and i went a couple yeah. months back it's 50 or 60 bucks but it is so worth it it's it's awesome yeah so do that if you get a chance cool Aaron, yeah. what about you what's your oh, session man. of the week so mine probably still watches yeah probably i've been on a watch kick lately that and i need to buy some new sweatpants i've been trying to find some sweatpants i like yeah i've been looking at some sweatpants the past week that i need to <laughs> warm for that well i just like sweatpants all the time and when i train outside in the gym i just because it's at the house now i just i don't care how i look and what i've done is i've like just have clothes that are so old now because i work out at home just but I, need, I just need to get some new sweatpants yeah. all right what's yours joe um i think 
I haven't looked into a lot of like flexible dieting in a long time because when we got working together, I've, you know, I kind of lost that privilege. Yeah. But since we've been doing this with the meal prep company, I've been trying to find some other recipes that we can yeah. start offering as menu options. So the last week or so, I've been just like crunching calories and like looking into different recipes and stuff like that. So I guess flexible, flexible dieting. dieting, trying to just give some options that are healthier. I mean, not necessarily meal prep like chicken rice options sure. just something healthier than the general i saw what you guys did with the the rice cakes that was so simplistic but genius and they're so freaking good dude well you know most people don't realize how good those are but it's like a you know bodybuilding delicacy yes. oh yeah I, was, I, I remember you guys posted that and i was like that's really smart yeah <laughs> totally yeah. Derek, what about Derek, you what's yours man uh so probably the nike dunk low pandas <laughs> yeah you talked about these i've been time. looking for those for like six months and i can never get them on the drop I refuse to buy them on StockX. Yeah. The not re- sponsored. Resale price sucks. So what we all have to do is whenever they drop again, I have the app. Joe's going to have to get the app. Tyler's going to have You just have to text all of us like 15 minutes before and we'll all yeah. put your size in. We'll just storm the beaches, man. Yeah. We'll get it for you. And then you can just Venmo us. Whoever gets yeah. them. Watch us like three of the four I of us I would like to home. say that I wouldn't have Joe as a coach if it wasn't for listening to Tyler's uh, podcast last year. Yeah. So everything comes full circle because... Tyler is Aaron's coach. Aaron is Joe's coach, and Joe is. Dang, my <laughs> that's coach. actually really cool. That yeah, it, man. So it, see that? That's what I always say. Circle. There's so much room for everybody to coach. That's what I'm yeah. saying. A little family tree of bodybuilding. Yeah. and I know I've learned a lot from Tyler, along with my schooling. Sure. I've. I hope Joe's learned something Tons, from me, and then Derek now has learned from Joe, and Derek yeah. has passed this on to his wife Brandy, mm-hmm. who is also a client of Joe. It's just yeah, and I think that's what's so cool about the whole. Not necessarily even bodybuilding, but well, the whole the, fitness community. The community, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, earlier you were talking about, like, you know, how your circle had to change, you know, mm-hmm. based off, like, where you start out in life. And I know Aaron and I have talked about, you know, how that's changed for us as well. And, you know, you just si- surround yourself with like-minded people and, like, goal-oriented people. Good things happen. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, tune in next week. Um, where can they find Tyler? Oh, yeah. Lexington, Kentucky. No. Yeah. So, Tyler's social medias are... Is it at Tyler underscore Betson? Yeah, that's correct. Oh, on Instagram. Give him a follow. Comment on his stuff. Tell him he's beautiful. Whatever you got to do. All the things. Um, but yeah, follow. He posts a lot of client transformations. And also built by Betson and, oh, on and Instagram. Built by Betson on Instagram, which is his company, him and his wife's company together. Um, yeah, give him a follow. Shoot him a message. He's always very responsive to messages, to even to questions. I like, respond to everything. He responds to everything. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's the first person in my text thread and has been for like four years now so but yeah shoot him a message tell him if you hated the episode if you loved the episode like we said any feedback's good feedback we'll take whatever but we appreciate you guys from listening and like subscribe share you'll hear from us next week good day <laughs>